Welcome to A Bit of Sweet, the Fountain video game podcast, and today we are going over the best and possibly the worst, it depends how much time we've got, games of 2021. I'm always Mike. And I'm always Darren. When you only play five video games in a year, Michael, it's difficult to <laughs> it's, have a worst. I mean, it's technically worst to best, but that puts your worst in a weird position. It, like, the worst game is technically the fifth best video game I've yeah. played, which sounds wrong. But, uh, yeah, it was a bit... Well, this thing, I, I still think video games are still feeling the hurt from the um, from the pandemic because there was a lot of things that came out last year that were just so far gone that they could be released, like, you mm. know, The uh, Last of Us uh, Part 2, the um, Animal Crossing, etc., etc. I think this is the year we're going to feel it yeah. most, because obviously then everything that was in that mid-stage of development kind of froze over. I mean, yeah. there was some stuff that I had every intention of getting ready to play in. Uh, Deathloop, um, didn't have entered that. Uh, the Gardens of the Galaxy game, I think that's probably going to be the next one once Pokemon Legends Arceus and... Uh, Horizon Forbidden West are done. Guardian of the Galaxy will be next. Mm. But, um, yeah, it, it just felt a little bit of a drop-off. Not to say there weren't some good games, but nothing overwhelmingly good, at least from what I've played. Mm. So we're going to patchwork that together, the best yes. and worst. And I think we're also just going to take some time to talk about the state of gaming right yeah. now, because it's been a weird old year. Like, yeah. it's, like you say, stagnant release schedule... A lot of hurt still being felt, not only on the software front, but the hardware front. Oh, on the hardware front, yeah. yes. PS5s are still gold dust, folks. There's the time to invest. We did get them. Just still, thanks, (laughs) Very.co.uk. Very have come through on surprisingly many fronts. Mm. I got like an £80 Xbox One from them. Yeah. Damn, okay. Dope. Um, But yeah, it was also a year of controversy. We'll probably have to talk about that at some point. Oh, probably. Oh, Oh, God. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Let's start out on some positives, shall we? Yes, let's do that. Um, well, this thing, I I didn't play any bad games, mm. so that's a positive. Um, let's think video games. It's kind of difficult because they're a higher price point than films. You're less likely to take a punt on something that you're not are pretty sure you're going to enjoy. Mm. Um, so no, there was no real bad game this year. Um well, is that the same for you? Pretty much. Because games are a more selective medium, you, there's, there's more of a gamble and more money per transaction. Yeah. Because although the £70 game, it's not really happening after yeah. the PS5 launch. It's a lot of... I think it's because a lot of third-party games have been coming out. And a lot of cross-generation games yeah. have been coming out. I'm so it's... it's just going to check how much I paid for um, Horizon. Uh, you pre-ordered Forbidden West, I take I have, yes. Yeah. Um, that cost me £70. Pounds. Oh, okay, fair enough. So the first party titles... Fair enough, yeah. Still but... 70 quid. I think that kind of tells you the kind of titles I was playing. Not a lot of first party titles. No. I've missed uh, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart mm. completely. I've still not finished Demon's Souls. So, yeah, I haven't, right, okay. I haven't circled back round to that. I was completely apathetic on the Final Fantasy VII re-release. And there we've got it for free. So fucking dope. I'd forgot I'd played that. Yeah. (laughs) Does that technically make it onto the list? It's a game you played this year. Was it released this year, though? Did you play the PS4 version? The PS4 version. It was last year. I played it this year. I finally gave JRPGs a go by having a go on what everyone tells me is the best one. Yeah. Fucking hated it. So, (laughs) good. The experiment's over. I need to go back down that track again. Oh, come on, and nothing else. Um, And 
Zelda. Zelda. I guess. It's not really a JRPG though. It's more of a. Alpha it's an thing. RPG from a Japanese company. <laughs> That'll do. Yeah, but if that's the method of. Yeah, but that makes all like Nintendo IPs a J version of what they're doing. Well, therefore, I'm a big JRPG fan. Have I? <laughs> I almost exclusively play JRPGs. As long as they're made by Nintendo and don't have names like Triangle Strategy. <laughs> oh, that's next year, isn't it? That, well, this year technically. You know what? If we got paid more for this, <laughs> I do that as a, like a oh oh no I'll I'll play that for the content. Yeah, but we don't, no. so I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> no, games are like the thing that we keep this side of things because we actually yes. enjoy them. Yes. Um, and imagine yeah. if you actually play next year and it's your game of the year, and you don't tell me, and we build up and build up, and then you hit me with triangle strategy this time next year, <laughs> and I just slap the colour off your face like no. <laughs> Stop I'm leaving it. now. I don't believe you. I tend to my resignation. I'm not talking about triangle strategy. <laughs> oh. uh, well, we haven't got much to worry about on that front. We no. are mere weeks away from Legends Arceus. Mm, mm. Two weeks? Something like that. Dates this recording, but yeah, we're recording. I think so. Technically, this is the first episode we're recording in 2022. So, actually, oh, yeah. Happy New Year. Happy New Year! We would have celebrated that about three weeks ago <laughs> by this oh, point. We did a lot of recording on that day, and I think I've still not really got back on schedule with life, with time, and join the club. Days. Poor boy, <laughs> my house is wet. <laughs> <laughs> Often, no further context. No. <laughs> Can uh, confirm his house moist. Yeah, uh. <laughs> moister than an oyster. Good games came out this year, though. Yes. Um, um, so what we're gonna do is we're gonna we're just gonna cherry pick in some ones, then we might do a top. Five or four, depending on well, how you're feeling. I only have a top five to talk about. So okay. first you pepper. Yep. I'll, I'll, I'll add some colour commentary and then we'll get into some actual uh, rankings. Sounds here. good. Um, so, I mean, if you're a party gamer, there was mm. a new Jackbox this year. Right. And it has some really good games. Ah, okay. I think it's got the first one since, like, uh, what do I say was the last good Jackbox game? Because, like, they've, they've put a lot of fucking sequels out now. It's like fucking... Quiplash 4 and yeah. like I still like Quiplash I'll play the updates but they their original ideas aren't as strong this year right. they introduced Job Job mm-hmm. which is really good okay. so the, the the core concept is uh, your submissions are answers to interview questions right. but all of your interviews are shredded and you have to put new answers together using other people's individual words Right. Um, and then it's just like a vote-based system. So typically funniest wins. Okay. <laughs> so, so I think the best answer we've got so far was, uh, I will always assassinate the ogre. <laughs> Someone was talking about Shrek in there. Oh, right. okay. So, <laughs> it's fun. I They just have a slightly too high price point for me to take a punt on them, mm. unless they're on like super sale. Mm. Because we have um, a quiz game called Knowledge is Power mm. as their like, go-to thing when we go around like, family houses. And I would like to do Jackbox, but the thing is, I am so good at knowledge is power that I don't want to change. Because <laughs> I win, I'm not lying, 95% of the time, unless I'm really dicked over by the last round, where it's like basically just fucking, you know, absolute crapshoot of wins. So it's like, do I stay on top of my little molehill as king? Or do I venture into pastures new and risk not being the best? This so. is how I feel about board games. I refuse to play anything other than Articulate on Christmas Day. I'm like, no, I've got a psychic link with my wife and she knows what I'm talking about. I will not be dethroned as the Articulate King. 
you got to stick with what you know. And yeah. this thing, Jackbox, I don't know. I've, I've, I've played it before. We've played it before. Yeah. And it is good. But again, it's, every time I go to it, I'm like, oh, I could download Jackbox if we're going away for something. It's like 30 quid for just one of them. And mm. I'm like, that's a big punt to tag on something that, like, it's... You know, four games he won, yeah, but that that kind of leaves a little bit of room for one of them to be crap and it still get good reviews. This is it. So, and we're eight um, packs in at this point, so they're not waning in popularity. Right, okay. But this pack's pretty good. Uh, we've had some pretty shitty packs. Yeah. I think six was particularly dross. Right. Um, whatever, Whichever one had Zeeple Dome in it, which is just not a Jackbox game. Right. It's just shit. Uh, that one was not a good pack, but this one's pretty good. Okay. But the highlight is Job Job. Um, there's been a number of additions to games this year rather than there being fully like out there yeah, yeah. big releases. And the big release from this year are actually shorter games. Um, but for me, for my money, best DLC of the year, it's Ghost of Tsushima's Iki Island. Oh, I haven't played it. Mm, mate. I mean, it's more Ghost of Tsushima. I've got a two-week gap now before Pokemon gets here because I finished a game yesterday. So I've got a gap now. I can either go back to Halo Reach. And, and <laughs> you, 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 have you not got Game Pass? Because Halo Infinite did come out this year. No, no, no I've got... Because I, I went to know Halo before I played new Halo. Right. Having never played Halo. Gotcha. I'm now stuck on Halo Reach, which is really not engaging me. And I know it's a prequel, which probably isn't helping. So I'm either going to go back and toil through that, jump immediately to Halo 4 and just fuck Reach off, or I might play the DLC for Ghost of Shima on my PS5. Yes. Mm. In fact, that might be the best way that, to that, experience it. Does sound, is it free DLC? Uh, no, it's paid. Uh, so, like, if you. Because you, I mean, you own that. the PS4 disc version, right? Yes. So, I think it's 20 quid. Uh. So, but it's like a full game upgrade. Okay. And a pretty sizable DLC. It's like a whole new area, about the size of the first area from the game. Yeah. So, it's pretty you know good. What? There's a January sale on right now. I'm sure it's in that. Oh, yeah. I'll guaranteed. probably get it for a 10 out of that. will do me nicely. Yeah. But no, that's that's fantastic. It's got a good story to it. It doesn't feel so divorced from the rest of the stories that it wouldn't work as just like kind of a patchwork situation. What, is like, it? You can play it by the time you rescue... Spoilers, I guess. By the time you've rescued Lord Shimmerer for the first time, you can go right. to Iki Island. So it's not a sequel DLC. No. It's a concurrent DLC. Yes. Right, okay. Obviously for me, it was a sequel because I finished the game. Right, okay, fair enough. Um, cool. Okay. I don't play any games that have DLC in them. <laughs> so I can't join in. Anything else we want to touch on before we kind of get into handing out some awards? Um, how, what did you think of the offerings from all of the, the free game distribution this year? Because it, it, that has continued. So, like, PS Plus games have not been great this year. No. They have not been fantastic. Apart from the December drop, which was really fucking good. So the December drop was Deep Rock Galactic, it's yeah. Minecraft with Dwarves and Guns. Okay. Pretty good. Right. Um, Persona 5 Strikers, which is, I mean, it was a game engineered for me, because it's Persona 5. It's a sequel to Persona 5 made by the people who make Dynasty Warriors. Oh, okay. I can see why that would work. That was yep. literally engineered in a lab for me. Mm-hmm. And Dirt 5 for PS5. Racing game, if you haven't got a racing game. Oh, I played Dirt 4 and I really couldn't get on board with it because I was working. Bit, I can't go back to good racing games after playing Horizon. This is the thing, I know Forza's on the Game Pass. Yeah. It just keeps eating away at the back of my head. That's right, my you know, biggest yeah. regret is not getting to round to Horizon 5 this year. You haven't? I haven't. Oh, damn, okay. I fully intended to and didn't get a chance. Part of me, because I'm be playing on an Xbox One, part of me wants to go, no, I'm saving this for when I inevitably get a cut price Series X. Yeah. 
further. I don't know when that's going to be. No. So by that point, there might be a new Forza game on there that you yeah. want anyway. So. And ultimately, a new Xbox console is always lowest priority. It's like, mm. I'll, I'm getting a PlayStation first, then a Nintendo console. Yes. Then enough. I'll see how I'm doing. Okay. Fair but, enough. Yeah. But, actually, that's, actually, that leads me neatly into some game news for this year. Oh, hello. So uh, Xbox buying shit left, right and centre. Holy shit, yes. Um, so like E3 this year was very interesting because it was the first Xbox Have Bethesda. you seen have I seen? I don't think we're getting an E3 this year. Oh, and it's a, it's a digital-only event But they again. haven't even confirmed that. They've just said there's definitely no physical one, but there's no date for a digital one. Oh, dear. So it oh, might, that's not good. It might be the end. Mm. Especially since no one... It didn't really impact the gaming industry last year that there wasn't... Well, in 2020 even, that there wasn't one. Mm. Everyone can kind of do their own thing. We're in the middle of the console world, so no one's got hardware to show off unless Nintendo want to bring a fucking, the, the Switch Pro to or whatever. Mm. Yeah, so we might not be getting any three, mm. which is good if it means we get more big news drops spread evenly throughout the year. But that didn't happen in twenty twenty one. Sony did like two, yeah, that were like six months apart, which I suppose makes a little bit of sense. But that's not good for the content. No, man. I mean they actually announced some pretty good looking games in those things. But yeah, so the big thing is that um, you could have figured it out if you're good at you know logical thinking mm. but the confirmation that the big Bethesda games that are coming out this year mm. so Starfield for starts is that actually coming out this year supposedly November this year alright it'll get pushed um, it's not coming to Playstation right it's completely so anything obviously if Xbox owns it it doesn't have to publish oh. to Playstation but Deathloop now marks the last Bethesda game that will appear on a Playstation console but like Full stop, or like, will Microsoft have like the window of exclusivity and then go and have this? Maybe not for something like you know, if Deathloop hadn't have been signed over to Sony, that feels like a new franchise, a niche thing, they'll keep that. But like, surely they want Doom on PlayStation, right? I mean, I'll hand it to Microsoft, mm. they're playing a very good game, aren't they? Because they've got the Game Pass, and that's a fantastic product. And then they're like, they'll pepper like, oh, here's Cuphead on the Switch. Yeah. Here's Death's Door on PlayStation, and you see it, and you go, oh, that's part of the Game Pass. Mm. Maybe I should. It's fucking ingenious. It's, it's not bad. And I mean, well, Sony might be following suit. That's the rumor. It does seem like we're going to get some announcement early on this year that they're going to basically do that. Because I don't think anyone gives a shit about PlayStation now. No, I had a month trial of it and I have no reason to go back to it. So, I think the only reason they don't do it is because Microsoft did it first Mm. and they can't be seen to be copying Microsoft. But video games seem to be it. Basically, I worked at a showcase cinema for however long and the only reason they still, to this day, do not have an unlimited movies pass is because Odeon did it first and they will not be seen to be copying Odeon. So, I feel like massive multinational conglomerate Sony aren't that petty no so I imagine we'll get that sooner rather than later they'll take what makes money yeah so you know I would like it especially if it's like day and date first party stuff on there Mm. just it's the way the world is subscription services now this is it speaking of Mm -hmm. mm, segue this was the first full year of Google Stadia did not see that coming. It has <laughs> dramatically dropped in price. Oh, yeah. To the point, you have one. I have one. I paid £20 for a controller that is worth more than 20 quid. And a Chromecast, which is worth more than 20 quid. They cannot fucking shift it. And here's the thing. It's 
actually all right. Right. I, I, there's a huge fucking asterisk next to that. Though. Yes. If you've got a good internet connection, yeah, it's pretty fucking great. But, but, crucially, crucially, just means you can't do dick unless you have an internet connection. If you've got one, bonza. Yeah. I upgraded my internet the other day um, to three hundred and fifty megasecond. So humble bro, pretty fucking big. Yeah. And my new phone, the mm. Galaxy Fold Three. Don't you know? It has, um, it's like a book. <laughs> look, it's books. Uh, <laughs> I promise, Rachel, she could have a look at that later. So we will need yeah, to. Do yeah, that. No problem. Um, but that's got 5G. Right. Gaming over 5G. Oh boy! That's some good shit. It's mm. basically like PS5 style loading times on old gen games. And yeah, it works. Okay. The problem was, I was using it when I had a power cut at my house. Ah. Um, and this is the thing. I was like, okay, well I'll just transfer over to my phone and continue my game from there. It yep. does have a pause resume function. Okay. Um, when we had this power cut, the 5G masts went down. Oh. Um, and the games do not fucking work. So, this is the thing. It is an always online service, and if you've got a good connection, yeah. it's pretty good. The library of games is the issue. Right, okay. It's mostly third-party shot. Not that Google are a studio, got, yeah. but like... Because then they shutter all of them? Yeah. They were like, well, yeah, they it did. didn't work, and then... Yeah. I don't... And they had exclusivity deals for certain games, and those have now disappeared into the fucking ether. Like, Baldur's Gate 3 was going to be a big mm-hmm. deal on Stadia, and it's not now, to the point that, you know, they are literally giving you a Chromecast, yeah. and giving you a half half to third price controller, mm. and a month free, and an additional three months free through one of its partners. So it's like, yeah. please play it! And it's good. Right. But it's not replacing a console. No. Of course it isn't. No, you could never do it. But this is the thing I don't get about Google, right? How much money do you need, Google? <laughs> you do one thing really well, mm. and thus far you've proven to be able to do nothing else really well. Other than email and the search engine. Email, search engine. You know, you own YouTube, bully. That's great. Drive's pretty great. Drive's pretty great. And, you, you know, you get your docs and all that stuff, great. But, like, you then you try to do social networking... Remember Google Plus? I fucking died on its arse. Then you try to do gaming, and that died on its arse. I'm just like... Mm. Just for context, here is a website called uh, killedbygoogle.com, which chronicles the 245 projects that Google has killed. Holy shit! Just so many things that it just... Google Toolbar is dead? Google Toolbar is dead. Google My Maps is dead. Google Bookmarks is dead. Polly, whatever that is. Oh, God, what? No. What's They're killing funny? Google Play TV and movies, so Google Play won't be offering TV and movies. Okay. As of now, huh. so, so you have to you have to um, rent and buy your media through YouTube. So this is what I don't understand. They are rich enough already to they could cure world hunger tomorrow if they really wanted to, and yet they're pissing money away with trying to be like a you know. A, a leader in the industry by going, right, we're going to be the first one to properly do cloud-based gaming, exclusively cloud-based gaming, which in maybe 10 years, 15 years, will be the norm. Mm. Like, we won't necessarily have a big console anymore, but you're right, there's so many issues that just having a big box solves that if you're going on cloud, you you can't manoeuvre around easy enough. So This is it. I appreciate them for having a go and the technology's out there and now we can improve on it, but like, when the biggest string to your bow is it actually runs cyberpunk fine. 
I mean, that's it. To like, be fair, <laughs> to be fair, that's a fucking achievement. Yes, but like, that's all. It, I mean, it just it doesn't fill the void. I think it thinks it fills the void. No. It wants to be Netflix for games, and I love the idea that there's no installations. Yeah, it is completely remote. That's wonderful. Yeah, but ultimately, things work better when you got them installed locally, and which you, is what Game Pass does so well. You can have a disc. And even if they decide 10 years in line that game is offensive and we're going to remove it from you never be able to buy it again, you've still got that disc mm. and you can play that game. Yep. Google Stadia decides one day that oh, they fall out with whichever company was playing the game you were on and you are five minutes away from the end. They go, nope, that's not being played on there anymore. Goodbye. Yep. And that's the end of that. So yeah, it's, it's a nightmare for preservation. Dislike that completely. Right, do we have to talk about the bad thing in gaming this year? What do you mean, the one singular bad thing? No, well, the, 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 well there's a big umbrella of bad. Yes. That covers a lot of microcosms of bad. Yeah, and yeah. Of just, games industry's real shit, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> Welcome to abuse allegations. No company is safe. None. Jesus Christ. Every single one leading the charge is Activision Blizzard. Holy fuck. Bully. Literally like having a WhatsApp group named after a hotel room where an executive raped someone. How fucking mm. scummy can you get? The great news about this, and I can't believe I'm starting that sentence, is that I don't have to buy Activision Blizzard games anymore. Were well, you means... buying Activision Blizzard games? I think I must be buying some. Call of Duty, I guess. I, maybe don't, I, mean, I don't buy Call no. of Duty, but like... I mean... Yes. Problem is, Ubisoft's also bad. Yep. Eve Gilmo is uh, is defending abusers and continues to defend abusers, one of which being his son. It's oh, there fucked. It is. It's utterly fucked. So, you don't have to buy Ubisoft games anymore. What else am I meant to play? <laughs> you are about to talk about a Ubisoft yeah, game yeah. in the top five. We're slightly problematic. We understand. However, we're not the problem. Oh, we're two straight white men. We can never say we're not the problem. Okay, we're not this specific problem. No, <laughs> we didn't necessarily contribute to this problem. No, that we're aware of. Um, and yeah, you know. it's but the the this movement hmm. can have good ramifications going forward. Fucking wrestling went through something very similar about two years ago, and it's improved a lot. Like you'll never be get a squeaky clean thing, but like in this type day and age where it's so much easier to prove these allegations and it used to be I mean fuck me we're about a week away from getting a fucking royal in the docks in New York for a fucking rape case get in yeah um, it's gonna happen I fucking hope so did you see that wonderful picture that was uh, love is ch- finishing, finishing each other's sentences and then it's a picture of Epstein and Maxwell oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh love it uh, yeah so so Ubisoft has come Activision Blizzard are scum. There was allegations at Sony, but nothing's come out no. concrete yet. But it's likely that some of them yeah. are scum. A lot of indie developers are more scum than you would think. A lot of people playing esports are fucking pedophiles. It's a fucking weird time. It's a weird time. The entire Smash esports scene oh, right. was outed as pedophiles this year. Oh, I God, just gross, what the fuck. What the fuck? I just want to play video games. Why do you have to ruin it? Hey, you might have mentioned, you might have noticed there. We didn't mention EA. 
Oh, you mean voted world's worst company how many years on the road? Well, no. this is the thing. I was like, well, like I, can't, cause I was trying to think. I was like, surely, yeah. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> yeah. Fucking devil's kitchen. Oh, no. Uh, so, no, instead they've pivoted into the... They've just stuck to being their usual corporate evil. Yeah. As opposed to their weird allegation evil. Because they said NFTs... They're the future of gaming. As has Square Enix. Ah, oh my no. god. Stop Why? it. Stop. Stop. No. Stop, he's already dead. He's going to have some prick, like, I don't know, fucking, it was a YouTube gamer that I know a name of. Fucking Jack Septiguy or some shit like that. KSI will say, I spent four million to buy the only messy card you can get in fucking FIFA Ultimate Team. And he's mine now and I own him. Right up until the next year, where they sell another fucking messy for yeah. fun. And you know, you say that there like a joke, but it's like, oh yeah, that's gonna happen. Yeah, absolutely, is gonna happen. Oh, oh. I was, I was looking on Twitter the other day. In fact, it was t- today, I think, mm. to see somebody I actually quite respected shilling for NFTs. Mike Shinoda of Lincoln Park. No, was like, imagine buying an NFT of a skin that you can use across all these different games. Like, yes, Mike, but they won't do that, will they? <laughs> Because they want to sell multiple fucking things. They won't just sell you oh, like a skin you could use in Fortnite, then Call of Duty, then the metaverse. Like, no, it's not going to fucking That's happen, is it? That works. It's not how this works. That's not how the game industry has ever worked. The oh. game industry, and EA proved it because last year they were the bad guys going to court over FIFA, yep. will just fucking sell what they can. Yeah. Will rinse you. That It's not enough, as in the words of Jim Sterling, James Stephanie Sterling, it is not enough to have some of the money or make a lot of money. Game industry wants all of yes. the money. And they will not stop until they achieve their goal. No. And we're seeing that come to manifest with promises of NFT games in 2022. Oh. Fucking... Ca- it's like, as if the the year couldn't have ended on a bad enough note, but like the the head of uh, Square Enix releasing that end of year letter to everybody mm. that then somehow got out that was basically like some people still and literally in quotation marks play to have fun and we're trying to change that mindset I'm like define the word game Yoshida define the word game they want to make it into another job what is wrong with this Oh, yeah, I need to apply to play fucking Fortnite. (laughs) Eat my dick. It's not happening. Right. I think we've expunged the bad. Yeah, yeah. Just, we've scratched the surface of the bad. Yeah, we didn't go into everything because it's fucking harrowing. It is, it's just not worth it. Like, we're going to talk about good things about the video game industry now and we don't want to... It feels a little cheap in respect of everything we've talked about to then go, well, they're just all good games. But you need to imagine, right? Not to belittle, like, what's happening, but it is a minority... The majority of people in video games are doing it for the love of video games because they want to make good, creative pieces of art that people can then go and enjoy mm-hmm. and have a great time with a great mate memories with. So that's who we're kind of championing here. Yeah. Like some of these games do come from shitty companies. Yeah. But at least they're getting called out now. Yes. That's good. And hopefully, fucking these people get cycled out and go and fucking join EA. And <laughs> <laughs> Just go over there. <laughs> Fucking cesspit that is here. That's good, because you just concentrated all. It's fine. You don't buy EA games. Oh, that's hard. They own everything. Yeah. Right. Are you ready for a top five? Let's have a top five, I we? can start off my top five real quick. Yeah. It's Skyward Sword Remake. <laughs> and I wasn't... It, it, I haven't even counted it on my written version of this, because it is just a remake. And it is like... Nintendo got very much into, let's remake our games, but let's change 
nothing about them. <laughs> Let's re-release our games with the saturation turned up. Like, I am not bothered with Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl. No, no. Like, this is the first time both of us have noped out of a Pokemon game. Like, they changed nothing. <laughs> it's the same game. Nothing. If anything, they've made it worse. Because <laughs> they're weird, chibi fucking art style. <laughs> so, I don't know. So, I've completely fucking waffed on that. Skyward Sword came in like a bit of a drudge in the middle of the year. where I was like, yeah, I'll pick it up. It is improved, mm. just in the fact that you don't have to have a Wii remote, mm. so you can enjoy that game for more of what it is. I still think it's probably the weakest of the full-fledged 3D Zelda games, but it's not the yawning chasm it is no. when you play it as, on a, as a fucking right. Wii game. It, did you play it? I mean, remember when we went to Game Fest? Oh, yeah. That's the how much I've played of it. Oh, wow. Oh, wow, wow. I didn't play it on Wii. You've never played Skyward Sword? I mean, no. Wow, okay. <laughs> Obviously, I can't really recommend it, I guess. It's just, the one that came directly after it is the, one of the greatest video games of all time. It is. So, you know. Yeah, I, I understand. There's nothing in there that's like mind-blowingly brilliant and you know, a complete change of pace from the rest of the, well, the flying stuff. Kind of works better now, I guess. But like, no, it doesn't really do anything special. It's what it's... Its X Factor was you could do the sword thing, mm. but now you take that away from it, which was admittedly its worst part. Now it's just like a very generic 3D Zelda game. Yeah. Still good, because I mean, that's a, one of the best templates you can build, but yeah, that's at number five. That's the only game I'm kind of ho hum towards. Everything else I've got slightly more positive views on. Fair enough. Um, I just, because it's not in my top five, I just want to give shout outs to the following games, because I played them and enjoyed them Deathloop, Hot Wheels Unleashed, and Hell Let Loose. Sweet. Number five, though, Chivalry 2. I've been playing a lot of Chivalry 2 over okay. the break. Holy fuck. I didn't realise I liked it this much. I played the beta, really mm. liked it, and then did, just didn't bother buying it. And oh. then got it for Christmas. Mm. Oh boy. Really? I'm really liking it. Okay. It's, it's all multiplayer, which I think is the one drawback. Right. But it's swords and shields team deathmatch. Right. And it is so much different to what you'd expect. I really love the humour from this. Mm. I think the original Chivalry got had humour, but it was a very dark game. Right. This is like, everything's in the day. Everyone's got like, shining, gleaming, Oh, so you mean literally cut. it was in the dark? It was, it was at night? It was a lot of night, night levels okay. of the original Chivalry. Whereas this is like, in the day, right. it's big, expansive levels with like, um, the sieges on castles, mm. up to 64 players in a match. So Jesus, okay. Pretty fucking good. The class system, this is why it's at number five, the class system isn't great. Right. So you've got an archer, a crusader, a footman and a knight. Knight, you know what the fuck you're getting with that. Right. There's different weapons, it's a knight. Footman, it's anything with a big pokey spit, uh, leg stick. Great, mm-hmm. cool. You've, the problem is with archery and the crusader. Because mm. the crusader just feels like every other weapon shoved into one character. Mm. Every other possible medieval weapon. It's like, I, I really want to play with a two-handed sword, like a, like a Zweihand or a bastard sword. Yeah, yeah. And to use that, I have to get the shitty axe guy up to like level 20 something right okay and then the archery is not great right i don't they've they've gone for like semi-realism so it's like oh try and pitch your shots to arrive when somebody's about to be in the spot because you're shooting an arrow like that's fine but this is a game of fast-paced sword combat and if someone's barreling towards me with a giant sword 
I'm going to miss. And you're going, eh? <laughs> <laughs> I'm checking for air. That's like, not good. It's not good. So most of the time I'm having fun though. It's very funny. Okay. It, there's a big steep learning curve. Mm. Once you get it, because you kind of have to like know to turn into your swings to kind of like get the speed advantage. Right. Which is weird on a controller, but they've made it work. Okay. So big props to, I think it's Torm Banner, who are the developers for this. Right. We'd like more updates, please, mm. because it's been a bit fucking barren since launch, but right. it's pretty good. Good. Uh, something that did get a, at least one big update, which was nice, and then a few bands and stuff, was new Pokemon Snap at number four. More on that later. So I have no nostalgia for the N64 one because I never played it. Uh, it's the one major Pokemon game that I just never... I, never, I don't... To this day, I still don't own an N64. So, But I was like, I know everyone likes it, so I was excited to go and play it again. I think the the problem is... Where was my problem? <laughs> Let me read the thing. So it's a, it's a good... I have to be in the mood for it. I can't just play it... I mean, I... Played through it was the only game I was playing at the time, but like part of the problem was I feel the mechanics are needlessly like inaccurate mm. what you need to do. So like it's kind of with the, the fucking arrow thing you were saying in Chivalry too. It's like say so you've got apples, you've got illumination orbs, you've got like um you know, you can make a whistle noise whenever and it feels like <sighs> that noise will haunt my fucking dreams. Oh right. <laughs> do, 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 do. Oh god. So and you've got to, you're moving at a relatively slow rate, but you're still constantly moving. They're trying to aim stuff, especially when you've got to hit, like, you've got to make five different Pokemon do five different things in order to get, like, the Gyarados to appear at the end. Mm. That can get very tedious mm. when you can't reverse, and you've got to go all the way back to start the level, and if you miss one of them by a centimetre, you've got to fucking start again. So the first time you play through a level is brilliant. I feel like it's the repeating of it that kind of gets to you. Mm. And... Yeah, and you do kind of go around. I think I made this joke in the review. It's like, you know, Homer's webpage? It's just all the noise. I'm like, hello, hello. Yeah. That's me going through my I'm just fucking chucking everything. In. <laughs> so, no, no, there's some really good bits, like the Gyarados thing I mentioned. When that thing jumps at you through the fucking waterfall, mm. that's ace. Yeah. And like when you get to the little unique interactions that you didn't know were there, yeah. real good. There's some very nice points in this, but I just I, feel I, like... I just stumbled into an encounter with Shaman, and it just happened. I was like, this is dope. Do. Yeah, I did that. Who's mine with? Mine with Manaphy, I think. Mm. But yeah, it's it's. I enjoyed it. I'm not necessarily in a rush for a sequel ever, but like, it was good. Hmm. More on that later. More on that later. Um, that was your number four. Yes. My number four is Cana Bridge of Spirits. A game that my wife completed before me. That's, oh. That's the appeal this game has. Hello. And she n- was playing it last time we were in your house. Yeah. Fair enough. I mean, I stuck her on easy, but to say that she's not very good... She traditionally plays sort of more 2D games. Right, okay. The only other game with, a, with like, a, a 3D-style world and first-person or third-person camera she's played is mm. Minecraft. Right, That's okay. the only other game. But she finished Kana. She and. got through the entire fucking game, which I am so proud of her for. Uh, and I can't say I blame her, because it's very fucking good. Okay. It, there is a bit of a theme as we go up from Chivalry 2, yeah. which is, in another year, these wouldn't have been here. Yeah. Um, and they're very much hearkening back to something I already enjoy. Right. But I'll let it slide, because I really enjoy it. Fair enough. That's the theme for this list. Mm-hmm. Um, this is basically just a Jack and Daxter game. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> but, like... It's very good. Right. Actually, to be fair, they've got more than a Jack and Daxter game because the combat is very satisfying. Okay. It's simple. 
but it's very satisfying. And you've mm. got multiple things to do. I think the Rot are great characters. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised to see this get a sequel. They're not, they're not like minion are they? They're not. Okay. They don't give them voices. Good. They do give them hats. <laughs> That's their thing. You can put hats on them. Okay. That's fine. Because the plot is very much around the world less than it is around the rot. Right, okay. The, the plot very much is, I'm going up that mountain and I'm going to save the valley. Dope. Plot not rot. Yeah, cool. plot not rot. <laughs> That's the subtitle. <laughs> Kana, that, well, the second subtitle. <laughs> Kana, spiritual rise, plot not spot. Yeah, there right, you go. Sweet. But no, very, very good game. Beautiful art style. It does feel at all times like you're playing yeah. like a Pixar level movie. Like, and the voice work is very good. If there is a duff, duff character, it is mm. Kana herself. But that's right. because you spend a lot of the time doing all the actual menial shit with right. Kana. And mm. then the interesting people get to bob in and out of the story being interesting. Yeah, yeah. And it doesn't really... The ending's satisfying because mm. it feels like the overcoming of like this huge overbearing threat. Yeah. But it doesn't feel personally satisfying for Kana. Right, okay. Something I think they can iron out in a sequel. Right. I I might get this. Mm. There's a few games that are like Saturn from like last year that have like it's been like um Subnautica Below Zero. I was gonna get that, but I just never got around to it. This was the other one that I was like on the fence a few times I'm sure you that and if Rachel's going to like it as well, because she can kind of... She's, she's competent now. With yeah. Her. She's, she's game through Arkham City. So we're getting there. Well, the thing um, is, Rachel's played Zelda, right? Yes, This is Zelda Light. Sweet. I can deal with that. Right. <laughs> Start to talk about Jurassic World Evolution 2. Oh, no. So... This is your number three, I think. Yeah. It's at number three? It's at number three. And you've played it this much? Yes. That's I, interesting. I've sunk easily 100 hours into this thing. Well, this thing, I don't know, because I think the game clock is a little messed up, mm. because you can now do triple speed, and I played most things on triple speed, <laughs> so I don't know if it's telling me I've played, like, nine hours, or if that's nine hours in game time, but I've only been actually playing for three hours. Right. I don't know, <laughs> but... I played a lot of this game. Please tell me played in triple speed just softly puts the Benny Hill theme in the background. It would, it would help a lot. <laughs> this is the problem. I think I've played this game a bit wrong. And I think this game will retrospectively get better when I'm not platinum trophy hunting. I am... Basically, I'm going to do with this game what I did with the first one. I played the first one, basically two complete games, thanks to playing the base game when it came out just before Fallen Kingdom came out. And then at the start of lockdown... They put out the third, literally the week before we locked in, they put out the third DLC pack mm. and did all of them as a bundle for cheap. And I got that and played for the DLC and enjoyed it a lot more because, again, wasn't chasing platinums, could play it on easy mode and just dick about with the dinosaurs. I was platinum trophy hunting on this one. Mm. And it, it's good. So, like, it's, it's problematic. So, it's got a campaign mode that is very short, really, really short, because basically it's trying to bridge the gap between Fallen Kingdom and Dominion next year. But they can't give too much away about the Dominion plot. So it goes to kind of confirm that there's going to be wild dinosaurs and you're sent to like these wild areas to basically wrangle the dinosaurs up. But you're not necessarily trying to build a park. Hmm. You're basically trying to recapture the animals and get them into like a functional research facility, basically. And it blows by real quick. It couldn't be more than like five or six hours worth. Probably even less than that, really, because you're doing that. Then you get Chaos Mode, which was the one they kind of pushed a bit more than the campaign this year in. Which is always a bad combination with man-eating dinosaurs. Exactly. So Chaos Mode is um, basically it's like alternative history for each of the five Jurassic Park movies. So you do number one, but you're in charge of it from the start and you're building the Jurassic Park to what you want it to be. 
Um, number two is you're given San Diego and you're given the big fucking Jack arena. Jack it is better, sorry. Stop it. You're given the big arena that Ian Malcolm drives into to go and nick the baby wreck out of in San Diego in number mm. two. Um, and you just, you, you build that. Number three, <laughs> they clearly know no one likes number three. So your job is literally to go to Jurassic Park 3, wrangle a few dinosaurs, and then that's it. It takes, <laughs> no joke, 20 minutes and you're done. San Diego took about five hours, 20 minutes for number three. <laughs> then it's build Jurassic World, and then it's um, the volcano's gone off, it's time to rehouse yeah. um, Nubar after Fallen Kingdom. That is good. That is enjoyable, and it's more... You're limiting the dinosaurs you can have, but that's when I really get to appreciate you know, the models and seeing them all come out and you get a bit more personality from your dinosaurs. Then <laughs> I did challenge mode. You were telling me about this the other day. Fuck me, challenge mode. So to get the platinum, you not only have to complete each of the five challenge mode maps, you need to do them on Jurassic level vi- like difficulty. <laughs> which, like for example, with the first one, if you start that on normal mode, you get 30 million quid and you basically don't get weather effects and you've got to build the thing. You go up to hard mode and you said 30 million, you get 20 million. You go to Jurassic Park, Jurassic level, you get 10 million and almost constant snow happening every five minutes. <laughs> oh, I nearly fucking caught. Oh. They should have just called that mode, we spared some expense. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty ridiculous. There is one in the UK that I thought, we don't have bad weather in the UK. Oh, what a gale. Oh, no, I'm fine. <laughs> Tornadoes turned up. <laughs> I was on the White Cliffs of Dover. Big old fucking hurricane. <laughs> so, and it got so frustrating, basically because I didn't properly understand the mechanics. You need five-star every park in order to complete it. And I thought that was based on guest satisfaction. So I'm trying to just, you know, make all the good dinosaurs. But the, there's a very vicious cycle that happens of you... Obviously, you need to get good dinosaurs to do that. You breed them, but everything costs loads of money. The big restraint is that all of your research costs millions of pounds. So you've got to spend fucking millions of pounds to get them. Then you've got to spend millions of pounds on your staff to get everyone there. So you can get discounts to get slightly cheaper things. <laughs> then you've got to breed all the fucking dinosaurs, but you can't do that quickly because they take fucking, they cost so much money. And people do not give a shit about herbivores. And the game is <laughs> fucking, nine, it's like 75% herbivores. So you can only do sauropods. You can fucking, well, there's some sauropods. And you save up, and you save up, and you save up for your big fucking t rexy type things. And then the second he's good... All those herbivores you bred about half an hour ago, they're dying. They're all fucking dying, so you've got to replace those. So you constantly have to spin all these fucking plates. And it got to the point where it was like, I'm not enjoying this, so I've got a choice. I can either try and gimmick my way around this, or I can play normally and have a good time. Unfortunately, I chose route A. <laughs> Some god amongst insects, who I need to find their name so I can pass this on, discovered that the best way... It's not actually about guest satisfaction. It kind of is. It's about how much money you make. Mm. And I initially thought, okay, it's about the amount of profit you're making. It's not. It's just about the amount of revenue you have. And it turns out you don't necessarily need dinosaurs <laughs> to do that. <laughs> there is a way. So on the first two maps, there's like five things you have to do before it will even let you open the park, which is like build your ranger station, build a staff centre, uh, yeah, yeah, build, uh, have uh, accommodation, have food and have toilets and release a dinosaur. You do that, and then the park opens, and you can start earning money. Um, so, but, but there's also, if you've got enough money, you can get the research done quick enough. You can unlock entertainment buildings, which have 
all your dinosaurs have like appeal levels, mm. like plus like all the shitty like the Gallimimuses, the stuff that's dirt cheap, don't have a lot, but you can breed a lot of them cheaply to get it going. And then your T Rex can have like two thousand appeal versus like one Gallimimus is like ten. Mm. You can buy buildings that also have appeal levels, and it doesn't differentiate between dinosaur appeal and these buildings. The little ones, you can only have one of each type. So you can have like one bowling alley, one cinema, one this. Hmm. But the big innovation centre, which is the big... When they... In Jurassic World, the first one, when they mm-hmm. open the hotel doors, there's that big like yeah, triangular yeah, yeah. shape. The one they've put into Orlando. That's the one. Yeah. You can build as many as them as you want <laughs> with no penalties. <laughs> and that's what I did. <laughs> so on some of them... There's only a finite amount of space to build them. So you can build a lot of them. You have no... Because the dinosaurs cost the most money because they can get sick, they can fight each other and get injured, and then you've got to be constantly like, replacing them. The problem is <laughs> you get penalised. There's a there's a dinosaur quota you have to basically. So like, usually it's like 10 or 12 dinosaurs in each park. <laughs> the government-imposed dinosaur yes. quota. So <laughs> Fucking hell. if you have one dinosaur, which obviously when you're breeding at the start is problematic, if you only have one... It massively penalises you and it's impossible to make money, Mm. which then stymies all the other things you're trying to do. But if you have no dinosaurs, (laughs) you have no penalty. (laughs) So it's actually better to have no than one or two. (laughs) And you just sit there. It gets a bit more. You're playing triple speed, which I was playing triple speed all the time. You earn all your fucking money. You buy all your research. Then you sack off all your research stuff. (laughs) I'm making a lot of people redundant. (laughs) I was like, right, that's all the research done? Okay, buy all you. <laughs> then you just go and exclusively hire the people that dig up all the fossils and like extract the DNA. You do all that, you sack them, and then you get all the people that do incubation, and you incubate all your dinosaurs, especially on the smaller maps where you can only earn... There's not enough room to put enough buildings down to max out the five-star. Hmm. You breed ten dinosaurs, you release them all in one go, <laughs> and then you wait a second for the revenue to like... Boop, 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 and it's a, well, you've got to do that before the weather kills them all, they escape, <laughs> or some, they all get sick. Because the second they get sick, your fucking rating plummets. Yeah. This was what I did for the first four maps and got there. It took, like, I'm talking like 20 hours per map to get them all done, but I finally got it done. I got to the last one in South America. It was the hardest one. All the, it said it's got a minimum beat time of 17 hours on normal speed. <laughs> I was like, fuck. Mm-hmm. It's huge, right? It's like the Grand Canyon, basically. It's all like big areas and then little narrow chambers up to another big area. Oh my God, I built an entire park with zero dinosaurs and 47 <laughs> innovation centres. I built Innovation Centre Park. <laughs> Could you imagine walking around there? Just be like, well, when are we going to get to the fireworks factory? <laughs> it was brilliant. So I had tried to play it legitimately. Welcome to Innovation <laughs> Centre Park. Oh my God, it could have been called Centre Parks. Oh my God, it could so totally have been called Centre Parks. Like, I wanted to play it legitimately. I really did. But this is the last one to get the platinum and I was like no because my plan was working so well basically you build one innovation I'm sorry if this is boring you but this is the funniest thing I did all year bear in mind this is number three yes (laughs) you build an innovation centre you build a food a drink and a gift shop next to it you then build um, an emergency shelter there was no dinosaurs to run away from they were a bit pointless but there's like sandstorms you need to get protect people from a toilet and a monorail station. <laughs> and then you do that for each of the big plots of land you've got. There's about, I'd say, like 10 or 12 of those. 
and then it just becomes a game of Tetris of right because the, 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 it's a fairly big building but if you angle it right you can build another one and if you build another one that's also next to the same row of shop that this one next to these profits go up and then all you have to do once you've got everything done all the monorails are up you've got 100% accommodation transport things again zero dinosaurs in the fucking dinosaur game you have to wait for a tornado to come fix all your stuff pause the game Basically, because you don't need to make a profit to win, you just need to make money. Mm. You go to all your shops, you give them all that you can like add um, like entertainers to them and fossil displays. You add as much shit as possible. So all the shops are making massive losses, <laughs> but they're earning fuckloads of revenue. <laughs> you unpause the game and you just hope no tornadoes roll in for 10 seconds as it goes boop, 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 boop. Hits five stars, turned it off, haven't turned it back on again. <laughs> I was like, when the DLC is out, and I can appreciate it as a dinosaur game because the you know graphically it's got a lot better. It's there's a lot more to do minute to minute than the first game, so I would say it's an improvement. But the problem is adding all that minute to minute stuff means there's a lot more you've got to juggle and fucking pay for. That it just sucks the fun and a little bit of the joy out of it a little bit. So I am looking forward to DLC, but. I'm, I'm done for now. <laughs> you turned that game into... You know there's that video, Spider-Man, but it's just man? Yes. <laughs> That's what you turned That's that game into. That's what I did. Welcome to Path. Yeah, um, that was my goal. Um, <laughs> I really... Well, cause this, I should have played it on normal difficulty and you know, named my dinosaurs like I did in the first one and just be happy, but you lose money so fast. And if you're below money at the end of the month, even if it's by like a dollar, they go, right, challenge over, start again. So oh, I fuck. couldn't run the risk of being in debt. <laughs> so, oh God... So that's my third favourite game. <laughs> like I said, when I come back and play this with all the DLC, I'm going to enjoy it a lot more and I'll have a lot fonder memories of it. But that's my overriding memory is that I released zero dinosaurs and I got a five star pass. I just like the idea of just like, there's no dinosaurs and then for one day, <laughs> go! And then the entire park shuts down. I should have done that. I should, on the last bit, I should have like, fucking, I'm just going to breed some T-Rexes. <laughs> Because you can breed a lot of them now. So you can breed, I think, like 10 at a time. Mm. Fucking let them go. Like, no, I'm done with this world. <laughs> you people have come all the way to South America to look at a park that consists of nothing but monorails and, and fucking <laughs> innovation buildings. Like, basically, museums and monorails are all you're here to do. You don't deserve life. Eat some fucking Rexes. <sighs> Maggle. Uh, okay. Um... Well, the next two entries are a lot less funny, but they're just good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're just good games. That was the fun bit. You can leave now. Uh, I'll show it you before you leave so you can marvel at <laughs> Park Park. <laughs> Centre Park. <laughs> oh, dearie me. Continuing on the trend of games that shouldn't be here, but, but scratch a very specific niche for me. Okay. Back for Blood. Now, you big this up as like, this is one of your like big Fucking pillars of the year was like, holy and fuck. it is good. Okay, no, I fucking love it. I get it. I get that people don't think it's as good as Left for Dead, right? But we need to take the rose tinted glasses off sometimes. Uh-huh. This actually feels like a properly good modern shooter in Left for Dead. So, right, I will say this though: there is a a void of character where there was some in Left 4 Dead. Right, okay. I think visual distinction's a big thing and repeating enemies are also a huge drawback. Right. And it does feel like they are, they, you know, they basically wrote this game thesaurus pressed against their fucking eyelids. Right. They're like, oh, we can't have the boomer and it's the banger or some shit like that. It's like, right. it's that level of, we've got the fat, the fat zombie that spews on you, the quick zombie that jumps on you. 
zombie that reels you in and the tank and it's right. like right those four arch- archetypes but they are worm based now and that's it like right. they all the, the, instead of it being a zombie outbreak it's like a parasite called the ridden right uh, so everything's just like it turns to worms when you shoot it which is fun I guess okay. but and but there's eight playable characters instead of four this time and each of them feel like half a character Right, so it's that thing of like, yeah, it's it is it is what I enjoy, but it is diminishing returns. Right, but it doesn't stop the core gameplay loop being good. Right, I will say, artificial difficulty up the ass. That's what this ah. has. Right, I am not out of the first difficulty yet. I cannot. There's like beginner, veteran, and expert. I can't play veteran. Right, it is just like you thought the first game on its hardest difficulty threw enemies at you. The middle difficulty on this game, it's relentless. It's tor- the the special ridden in Back for Blood are what tornadoes are to challenge mode. Right, okay. It's just like you've got to hope you can take ten paces in that direction and a fucking big one doesn't spawn. Right. Which is sucks because it undermines the card system. Yeah. Which is really good. I like the idea that you can like you can play like each individual of the eight characters has like things they're good at. So like the what like the first character Evangelo uh, Evangelo something like that, um, he's quick, he's speedy, yep. he's got lots of stamina and he's good at recovery. Yep. Sweet. You've got Holly, who's like a melee focused character, yep. like she's good with bats. Mm-hmm. Sweet. Hoffman, big guns, awesome. Yep. Mom, additional revives, fantastic. So like that's what moms that's do. That's what moms do. So and the doc the doc character is fucking broken and I love playing as her. Because right. if you get the right cards, you can just continuously heal everybody. Right, okay. So she's fucking great. Um but like that's good. And then the card system on top is now you can like get better with a specific weapon. Now right. you can have an effect for the entire team if one of you goes down. Or right. now you can get like stacking bonuses. So it's like there's a system in the game called Copper, which is how you can buy guns. It's all in game. It's not like a buy guns, then it's not an NFT. It's all mm-hmm. it's all temporary. It's like right, okay. you you go through the level collecting copper, so that when you get to the end of the level, you can buy a better gun right. to take into the next level. And then when that runs done, it's all gone. It's just it's just this addi- addi- uh, additional system. And you get a card that basically breaks that in half. So you right, can just okay. get all the big upgrades so that when you get to the challenging level at the end, you're tooled up. Right, okay. It works. And the exploitations are not a bad thing. But this is just so much less of a product than Left 4 Dead was. Left 4 right. Dead was just so full of like joy and character. character and depth. And... Yeah. Right. And it gets the atmosphere right. Right. But the characters do not... Shut the fuck up uh. for ten seconds and like I'm trying to talk. A lot of people. I will say this is the first game on PS5 where I've had consistency with people on microphones. Right. Okay. Like people are on, they want to talk and they want to beat the level. Right. Okay. It's not like you know like the PS3 days of yore where it'd be some cunt listening to talk sport radio. Uh, right. Okay. Yeah. It's yeah. Not that. So people are on. They'll go. Anybody on mic so we can strategize. Yes. Great. Awesome. Okay. So that was beautiful. But it lacks magic. And that's not a quantifiable right. thing. Little special, special something, yeah. something. Right, okay. That loop scratches an itch for me because I fucking love Left 4 Dead. Yeah. But it's not... I don't finish levels with that kind of like, oh my God, we beat the level kind of thing. It's just like, ah, okay. oh, yes. we're going to get fucking dicked down again, aren't we? Because right. okay. the, the random card generation system 
it replaces the director system from uh, the Left 4 Dead games. Yes. Basically, that the director system basically must have just it must have been like one of those things that like you know like we fed all of these images into this thing. Yes. And now we can detect it. They just fed a load of horror movies into that thing. Right. And it knew how to do the peaks and troughs of a horror movie. Right. This is just an onslaught of just. Do you want to deal with twelve fucking ogres? Like no, this isn't <laughs> fun. So I don't have that kind of. Oh yes, I'm really excited to play the next episode. Like. I need a break because right. I'm going to step out that door and death awaits me. Right, and okay. it's not, and I'm I'm not ready. Fair enough. So like, I played it all over Halloween, and that was a really good time to good, play it. Good timing. Okay. I pretty much played it right up until the end of November. Right. Pretty much nonstop. Okay. And I really really enjoyed my time with it. Obviously, I'm a bit of a fucking simp for Left 4 Dead. Mm-hmm. This is good. It can be better. I think I've just figured out what your top two games are, and I think we should save the, any simp confidence for the next two. Um, cool. Well, now I, I haven't really. I might change this order between two and one by the time I actually write the um, the article, mm. which I'm, I'm going to release once all the, the podcasts are out. Because I literally finished this yesterday. Right. It's Metroid Dread. It was ah. sat there waiting for me to get on it. I was basically Jurassic World took far longer than I thought it was going you to. You actually got round to it. I got round to so it. I'm so impressed. A bit in seven hours, mm. and that was not me doing speed running strats or anything like that. It's just just you playing. This is the thing. Okay, I'll get the criticism out of the way first. It's a short game. Mm. It's seven hours, and unless you want to go back and I feel like I've got everything I need out of that game. I'm not gonna go back and hundred percent it just so I can see fucking. You know, Samus's tits at the end. I'm fine, right? <laughs> I'm good. Genuinely, I watched a video that was like the secret ending of every Metroid, and the majority of them are just you get to see Samus out of the suit. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, we're the worst, aren't we, <laughs> men? Um, <laughs> the first one is here's Samus in a bikini. Yeah, literally, here's Samus <laughs> with green hair and, and her boobs out. Great. So I ain't gonna bother with that. But. It was maybe the most satisfying seven hours of the year mm. of like everything, because like the uh, Metroid Samus Returns on the 3DS yes. worked really well, but it's limited by the hardware. You know, it's the some of the aiming is just off because you've got that weird thumb yeah, thing, yeah, yeah. Um, and you know you, you can't react fast enough. This is so buttery smooth; it's unreal. Mm. It's just it just flows so naturally, and like. The good thing is, you'll run into a boss, and the first time you fight them, you are just smacking into a brick wall, and that thing kills you dead in five seconds. But there was not a single boss where I had to go, right, what am I doing? I need to go look up strategies. Or I get frustrated and walk away. Like, it incentivizes you, because you get a bit better every time. It's like... It is a beautiful microchip of a game. Mm. There is not a grain of sand in there. Everything runs perfectly. It's just a bit short. I'm not necessarily saying it to be a lot longer, because I feel like then... Because it's Metroidvania, they've got a there, there is a limit to how much you can do with that with the upgrade system. Because you don't want to lock off too much of the map and make it feel overwhelming. So you're still picking up pretty frequent power ups that you know give you that little bit extra something you can do once you get the screw attack. Or mm. the only of them, pro- is, is it a problem? Right. So the the new gimmick with this one is oh the survival horror, kind of yeah. yeah. So they've sent these robots. E-M-M-I, Emmys, which isn't a particularly scary name, hmm. but they've sent them to this planet because they think they've found, not, apparently in this universe, which I think is separate from the Prime-like story. It's a, it's debatable, isn't it? Because I yeah. think it's either it's a separate timeline, yeah. or all the Prime games happen in one jot between, like, 
2 infusion or something right, like okay. that. So, in this context, all the Metroids are dead. I'm pretty sure you kill them all in Samus Returns. But the X-Parasite is what you're dealing with. Yeah, that's And the one. one's been spotted on this fucking Chrono planet and you've got to go down there and, and find out what's what. Um, and where was I going with this? <laughs> Uh, the survival horror the Emmys yep so the Emmys have been sent there because the, you know the federation you work for for oh, we won't send people we'll just go and if it's just the one we'll send a robot to go in there they all get corrupted the, so they're locked into like these zones you'll go through like a special sparkle door um, when you play it you'll see what I mean you go through the special sparkle door I've played door. it I know what you mean you have played it yeah I've only played like an hour or two of it though. oh so you've had a go against these yeah, yeah, yeah. I fucking hate them oh my god right so they are unstoppable yes they basically they're they're a bit T Rexy in the as long as yeah. you're quiet around them they're not really going to pick up on you. They're introduced to you as just it's just an extended chase sequence. Yes, and that's what they all are. So you can try and be stealthy, but basically you can't always be stealthy. At some point you are going to have to alert them to your presence, and they hear you, and they can bomb into where you are. And if they get hold of you, you get two fucking infinitesimal yeah. windows to came to them. They want. They grab you with a hand. You've got like, the little um, the parry system that you can do from mm. uh, Samus Returns is back. I have not done that once. I it's so fucking hard. I'd say ninety percent of the time I completely whiff. And if the hand grabs you, that you never get the phase one because there's no telling when that's going to go off. Nah. Occasionally I got the hand. I got three in a row once, and I was like, oh my god, this is the biggest dick moment I've ever had in my entire <laughs> life. Um, so then you you counter them, you get a little window to get away, and then you can try and hide again and stuff. The further it goes on, the last two you have to fight can hear you everywhere in the level. So the second you drop a cloak or even like take a step, they hear you and they're on you. Once you get the screw attack though, mm. you can escape them and just jump everywhere. <laughs> they can't catch you in midair. It's great. Um, and then eventually you get the power. You get like a power upgrade, a one-time basically mega fuck off cannon mm. that you can go and shoot them with. That's quite satisfying. Those them are my. If you do it real well and you feel real smooth, it's great. But if you cannot fathom... Because thing, you've got to both run away from them and figure out where you need to go at the same yeah. time, which is a very hard thing to balance when you're trying to be stealthy and fast and all this business. And I'm so, sorry, but the map doesn't help. It's no, not the a map, map is not particularly... The, I must say the flow of the game is pretty well in terms of it doesn't really signpost you. Kind of like Breath of the Wild, it doesn't really overly signpost where to go next. But it's always you happen to be in the right place, right next to a transport that's going to take you to the next place. So it flows very well. Mm. Uh, and like I said, the second second gameplay, the the aiming's a lot better, the speed's a lot better. But there's some elements that you just you're either going to click with them and you're really going to like them, or you're just not. We'll say the last boss fight is real good. Yeah. And the the I'm not going to tell you because I don't want to spoil it. But the ending for the last five minutes. Oh, some <laughs> fucking nuts happens, and it's excellent. Um, but yeah, uh, whether that goes to number one or not, I don't know. I'm going to marinate it on a little bit. But uh, yeah, that was my number two. I need to play this all the way through because I'm not gelling with it right now. Okay, I, I think need, I think the problem is I think because you play, I haven't played Samus Returns. Right, I need okay. to play Samus Returns, and I think I need to actually commit to finishing Super Metroid. Right, because that's something I haven't finished either. I've never played it. Oh, fair enough. Sam's Returns was the first 2D one I ever played. So, oh, there we go. Um, be it fucking chalk and cheese compared to that, comparing this to Sam's Returns. It's so much better. Because obviously it's working with better hardware. Mm. And it's it's visually very fucking impressive. The the, the difficulty curve is pretty... Outside of the fucking stupid enemy robot, the difficulty curve elsewhere is pretty good. 
it rewards you for being innovative and thinking logistically about things. But yeah, I I I I push on. Mm. You, you once you get one or two upgrades that kind of helping everything other than the robot booms, you feel a lot better about it. Mm. And eventually, when you, like I said, once you get the screw attack, which admittedly I think is like the second to last upgrade or possibly third to last upgrade you get, once you get that, you can just murk those things off no problem. <laughs> nice. Number two. Number two. Uh, let me tell you about my life. <laughs> um, Please do tell me about I, your life. I did have a Nintendo 64 growing up as a kid. Mm-hmm. I got it for Pokemon Stadium. The thing right. about Pokemon Stadium is it's a very limited game. Yeah, yeah, it's a short boy. Michael wanted more Pokemon in his right. life. It was physically impossible to shove more Pokemon into his life. He <laughs> had the the Game Boy games. He was in America and he got gold and silver six months early. Hmm, it was a yes. good time for me. Uh, he had the cards. He had the Pokedex toy. He had Bouncy Balls for Pikachu that he played with too much. And they got confiscated by his teachers. He was a Pokemon boy. Still is. Still is. Very much. A couple of weeks away from Arceus. Mm-hmm. I remember having the Nintendo 64. The Pikachu Nintendo 64, oh. no less. Oh, yeah, I've seen it. And yeah, I've still yeah, yeah. got it. Uh, I found the box over it the other day. I have that on the wall. Um, so, I wanted more. Pokemon <laughs> Snap comes along. Yeah. It's my favourite Nintendo 64 game. That And I know that that's... Oh, a big time. Right there. I know. I know. Pokemon Snap is my favourite. Okay. So imagine my surprise mm. when Pokemon... New Pokemon Snap... Should have been called Pokemon Snap 2. But New Pokemon Snap yes. improves every aspect. It is the only game this year to do it. Yeah. It's the only game to go that but better. Yeah. And it does it. I think I disagree with you on one little point, but only very slightly. Go on. Going through the courses for the first time Mm. is magical. It is wonderful. The fact that you go back and there's three different versions is just... It's fucking milking me. It's... It's... it's, I did not do that. (laughs) I'm glad to audio podcast. It's beautiful. It's great. It has replayability factor that isn't utter frustration. Mm. I will say the length is actually pretty right yeah I think that they've got that because that was the problem with Pokemon Snap the original was eight courses fuck all else yeah this does not have that problem I think there's uh, hang on a minute one two three four five six seven eight nine ten there's like 15 courses yeah yeah they're, they're right. plus the ending yes and it all feels great mm. and I love the visual style they've gone with this looks better than it has any right to look mm. Because it looks better than the core line games. And I still like the look of Arceus. I still think Snap looks better. Yeah. I think they've got that kind of like close to realism. Like as it's between this and Pokken Tournament that like looks yes. the yeah, best. Yeah, yeah. But obviously they don't have to deal with all the fucking mechanics. And no, no. And, you know, it's I all very... still haven't played Pokken Tournament. I need to get into them. You're not missing much. But it's Pokemon Tekken. It's not though. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean... I'll bring it. We could play okay. it, but like it's not that great. Oh. I like it, but it's not that great. Um, but snap, I will say I have one criticism: mm. the giant levels can go fuck themselves. The giant levels. So like giant Bayleaf, two giant Volcaronas. Oh yeah, the totem, not totem, <laughs> whatever they call Illumina. Yeah, the Illumina Pokemon. Yeah. They can go and fuck themselves. Because mm. it is impossible to, like, 100% those. Yeah. I cannot find all of the um, photos that you need on no. those levels. It's in-fucking-possible. The rest of it is chef's kiss. It's beautiful. 
I love it very, very much. Fair enough. Might be the best Switch game this year. Is it? Yes, it is. I've decided it is now. Um, you haven't played it all the way through and you love Pokemon Snap so exactly. I don't think that's going to change anytime soon but fair enough right I've got to put Ubisoft as number one haven't I yeah fuck's sake that's what it's, you've done it's Far Cry 6 it's here yeah you were talking about me being a sim for Left 4 Dead you no. and Far Cry have got quite I the uh, inappropriate relationship yeah, I will point out you know it's it's coming in cold to this game because I fucking love Far Cry 4 Rachel replayed it this year and it just reminded me how much I fucking love that game Far Cry 5 <laughs> Again, she played that this year as well. I was reminded how much I do dislike that game. And then New Dawn. Well, then, well, there, well, there's Primal. Then there was Five. Oh, New Primal then, didn't happen. It was then, a, we all fever dreamed it. Then there was New Dawn, which is completely fucking forgettable and trash. So it was coming in a bit cold, and I was like, eh. but I was like, okay, you've got Giancarlo Esposito as your um, as your villain. Great. Mm. Okay, he can do good villains. He does good villains in fucking everything. Um, you've gone predominantly, even though you can pick the gender, all the marketing was with female Danny Rojas. Mm. Um, Danny Rojas is also the name of the Mexican striker from Ted Lasso, so that helped. Um, so, <laughs> the, guy with, the guy was in Spider Man. Yes, the yes. bartender. Yeah, yeah. Have you watched Ted Lasso? Not yet. I intend to. It's like it fucking it wins so many awards. God, if I can get you into a football comedy, I truly have fucking Pete. Um, so it was coming in cold, but I was like, there's stuff about this I like. No. There are some gimmicks they put in this that are I, I didn't really play around with. I didn't actually use any of the support animals or characters that you get. You I was didn't like, use no, because I'm like, because they were a bit like ropey, and I was like, I, I don't. Thing is, it makes you very powerful. It's a very good power fantasy because you get these things called supremo backpacks. The only issue is they give you the best one first and there is no point in <laughs> discovering any of the other ones. They give you a rocket launcher backpack mm. that basically, if anything's in your way. You go, uh, you press L1 and R1 as long as you got the charge. She fucking kneels down, fucking hundred rockets come shooting out of her big bag, <laughs> and then they just wipe out anything. You see a helicopter, you just go, oh, boom! Now my helicopter. They give you the cool. Boba Fett thing. Essentially, yes. <laughs> and I didn't bother with any of the other ones because, like, this is the best one. I don't need to experiment. So they give you a lot of, like, weapons, they give you a lot of ammo, and it's real fun doing that. The, the island's very beautiful. Like, no, it's not really jumping far in a way away from the core gameplay loop. Everything's pretty much the same. It's still the kind of really arcade feeling destruction. But I'm into that type of thing. It's mm-hmm. all good. The, the thing the thing that separates this and gets Far Cry back on track is that they really went in on the story. Because 5 has one that's kind of incidental because you're playing a mute character. Because like, in 3 and 4, the guy has dialogue. Like, Aja, mm-hmm. Gale, sad stuff in number 4. But like he doesn't really feel like he's really an active part of the um, sure. thing. Not like in Far Cry Three. No, they 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 pivot in this in that Giancarlo Esposito is kind of actually the one that's removed more from the story because he's the dictator. He's up in his ivory tower for most of the game. You get really good cutscenes with him and his son, um, the kind of lacing between like big major missions and stuff. And occasionally you bump into him for like a bit, but you're actually dealing with like general stuff. But they really do a good job on the story. They make Danny Rojas a really interesting protagonist. At least the, I played the female version of it. Mm. She's really likable. She's, um, you know, she's she's down to earth. She's fun loving, etc. And they really play up like the political landscape on this island. Um, there's a guy called El Tigre, who's this seventy year old black dude who was in the last revolution to overthrow dictators. 
and he's just he's a 70 year old who's just constantly topless he's still got a six pack and he just wants to constantly be doing press ups <laughs> he's fucking excellent I love him so much I want to play there's DLC I want give me the fucking El Tigre prequel when I'm just blowing shit <laughs> up in the 60s like they do an entire one uh, an, an entire um, mission where he's like we have to go save Miguel from the museum they've got him working there for, for turns out Miguel is a tank and you've gone to break him out. <laughs> it's a tank they're using in the 60s. It's just really stupid, big, explodey fun, mm. but done a lot better than it has for the three previous games. So that's why I'm giving it the edge. I think I admire Metroid Prime, Metroid Dread more because it's just so super concentrated and mm. everything works so fucking well. Um, there's like some bits of this that don't really, you know, like I, said, I didn't really engage with any of the extra stuff. So there's that. I maybe have slightly more criticisms of this game, but I definitely had the most fun in this game. Mm. And that's why it's number one this year. Nice. I'm going to guess yours. Mm. Not a fucking hard guess, is it? Because you haven't mentioned it yet. I haven't. And I was like, has he played it yet? But then I saw it was on your shelf last time I was around your house. Mm-hmm. We Death's get it. door. What? 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 Death's door? Yeah. Oh, get the fuck out of here. It's Guardians of the it's Galaxy. It's Guardians of the Galaxy, yeah. You get it, Michael. <laughs> like Guardians of the Galaxy. I am very annoyed I haven't played this yeah. year. Wax lyrical. This shouldn't be here, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it really shouldn't. At the apex of the, this shouldn't be here, but it's scratching a very specific itch for me. Who the fuck wanted PS3 action games to come back? Who asked for that? Straightforward, linear PS3 games. And it's my year game of the year because it's it just it does one thing really well, which is it's just a good single player game. It just went, you know what? Forty quid, you're getting a long game. You're only playing as one character. There's no multiplayer, no microtransactions, none of this shit, no NFTs. You unlock everything by finding it in the in all the levels. Yeah. You can get soft-locked behind stuff so that you can't get them. The decisions matter. The yep. characters are well-written, well-voiced. It basically, not to give you too many spoilers, it's basically my pitch for Guardians 3 right. made into a game. Complete with Universal Church of Truth, Adam Warlock, Cosmo the Space Dog. Yeah. <laughs> there is... I, I couldn't have written it because it's that fucking good. There is a brilliant subplot where all Drax the Destroyer wants to do is go and fight the Fing Fang Foom. And it's genuinely okay. the funniest part of the game is just, oh, fuck, we need money. And, Dra- and everyone's like, no, no. And Drax's like, we're going to fight the Fing Fang Foom. It's the funniest shit. It's so good. It's got good bosses that ramp up right in difficulty. Yeah. It's got a nice upgrade system, which lets each of the Guardians have their own space on the team. Yeah. I don't think there's multiple endings. Right. As far as I'm aware. I'm fairly certain there isn't. Okay. The cosmetics you can collect in the game are very good. They're all comics references. Good. There's some TV and film references, because obviously the film, film costumes are there. Which is not how I played the game. Because... <laughs> Star Lord's costume from the 2008 run. I was about to say you definitely got the 2008. Ooh, it's in the game. It's in the game. I, knew it. I feel validated. And like talk about like 
the biggest like swing back from Avengers, which was Dross. Oh, the worst! Just fucking God, I'm worried about Gotham Knights. <laughs> doesn't fill me with hope. Whatsoever. No, I like the Avengers. Yeah. I still don't give a shit about that. I'd care less about most of Gotham Knights fucking cast. Oh God! But this is this shouldn't be here. This is. It's like, you know, like, this would be like saying, like, my favourite game of the year, The Breath of the Wild, came out. It was, like, fucking solitaire. Right, it okay. doesn't no, feel right. No. But, but it was inevitable. It was inevitable. Like many things in Marvel, it is inevitable. They, they didn't get to the top of my films. We'll talk about TV in another episode. Yeah. Um, but they do get to the top of my games. And it's my boys. We get it. <laughs> I love Guardians of the Galaxy, but it's Guardians of the Galaxy done right. It is very much a parallel version to everything else that's going on, but it fucking gets it. Yep. It feels like it's someone who's read the books, knows the characters. Like, they hold Nova at arm's length for the entire game because they know if he turned up, none of this would be put, would be worth right. doing. They were like, he's over there. He yeah. disappeared. <laughs> that's fine. But they still have the Nova core. You still have the world mind. They just, ha oh, all of the things I would want are here. I'm so happy. I'm, I'm so happy this wasn't shit. I would criticise you for, you know, playing to what you know, but I would point out that I put a Pokemon, a Zelda, a <laughs> Jurassic Park, and a Ubisoft game at my top five. So, who am I to fucking judge? Oh, great. Wait, what Pokemon game was up there? Pokemon Snap. Oh, yeah. You right. just talked about it. Yeah. Oh, right, okay. Not a crazy strong year for video games, but I no. think considering what it could have been, mm. it, it could have been like what we got, it could have been the film 2020 equivalent for video games this yeah. year. I will admit, next year looks like it's going to blow, not only this year, but potentially all of the fucking years out of the, out of the water. We, we picked some of those for the, for the preview, but I was just, yeah, I was didn't. writing, I was drafting up my, because uh, I have a, a best of, list running for all things yes. and I write in the things that I want to get round to um, in terms of ones that we know the dates for I have written down eight Damn. <laughs> and even then Starfield's getting pushed so oh, you know um, oh 100% but like we've got Park Pokemon this month Sifu and Elden Ring and Horizon in February and after that it's slim fucking pickings what, what, what this thing? It's only seen because so they haven't announced dates for anything. Yeah, there's loads of games coming up. Breath of the Wild 2, Bayonetta 3, Ghostwire Tokyo, Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League, God of War Ragnarok, Avatar Frontiers of Pandora, Hogwarts Legacy, Lego Star Wars of Skywalker Saga. Like, they've got games. Where are the dates? Uh, this is a thing. Everything's up in the air. But again, you know... When when God taketh away, we've not telling you when Breath of the Wild Two is coming. He does give you a Morbius delight to make up. Yeah, for he it. does. He does. He does. <laughs> Seven <laughs> times that thing because no fucker wants to watch it. I can smell New Mutants from a mile away. <laughs> oh, but I like New Mutants. But that's because it's it's my particularly strongest, potent, most druggy fucking X Men stuff. So fair enough, but. Oh, well, that was nice. Yeah. That was good. I felt good to get that out. I'm glad I got Metroid Prime in there because it was like literally a top three of like, yeah, I would recommend this kind of. Yeah, I'd recommend this kind of. <laughs> yeah, I'd recommend this kind of. So I'm glad we got there. But woo, thank you very much for joining us. Where can people find us on the internet, Mike? You can go and find me on Twitter and Instagram and at that, Mike And you can go and find Darren on Twitter and Instagram and at the Goodridge. You can find the site on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook under the username FowlyNT. That's F-O-U-L-E-N-T. Find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, wherever you can pick up an RSS feed under the username FowlyNT or FowlyNT Podcast, depending on the service you're using. And of course, go to FowlyNT.com for all the podcasts 
all the articles, all the stuff, all the time. We have up on the podcast, on the website right now, we have a review of Spider-Man No Way Home. No Way Home, Far From Home. No, no Way, way home, home, Far From No Way Home. Let's call the whole thing off. Uh, Hawkeye, we have a best of films of 2021. We do. Um, Which Darren will never forget as the year I put Spider-Man sick. You're fucking madman. <laughs> um, whether or not, they, at some point there will also be the 2022 preview, which as Mike told about, we use a draft style episode as well. Go check that out. Coming up very soon, we're going to record it, is our look back at 2021 in TV and kind of a few ancillary things as well. Um, <laughs> it's mostly an excuse to do Darren's wrestling rant. Let's I real. need to tell Michael about the Ballad of Wangman Page. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fantastic lead-in. I can't wait to hear it, and neither can you. Bye, everybody! Bye! <laughs>